Hello, and welcome to the 13th episode of Strange Fairy Tales. Before we get started, well, we've already started, but you get what I mean. So anyway, it's time to announce the winners of the competition of 917. Fred, would you do the honors? But of course, dear. The contest was judged by the scriptwriter, and we have the winners here in the office with us today. Here's the grand prize winner. What's your name, dear? It's Jake Narosky. Wonderful. And what is the secret to the mystery of 917? No one knows. It's a mystery. No, no, dear, that can't be right. That's exactly what the scriptwriter said, and he didn't know what it was. No, I'm serious. No one knows. It's a mystery. He's right, Fred. But that can't be. But it is. Oh. Okay. Well, anyway, runner-up peoples, would you please tell us your names? I am C-3PO, human-cyborg relations. Wonderful. So I trust that figuring out the mystery of 917 was not too hard for you. No, need I remind you that I am fluent in over six million languages. Oh, oh, wonderful, I'm sure. But we need to be moving on here. So, who is this you have with you? Ah, R2-D2. So nice to see you. You must remember that I am fluent in over six million languages as well. I must say, the scriptwriter was rather disappointed. These three were the only people who entered the competition. Uh, maybe it was perhaps you didn't actually believe that we would put it on the podcast. Or, also, I have heard a few complaints that people didn't have any microphones. But... But the point is, yes, we would put it on the podcast. And that's just what we did with these three, thank you very much. Well, that's great. Moving on. Gurhi, would you come yeah, here, please? <laughs> as the supreme high ruler of strange fairy tales, I would like to offer you a job as the transportation coordination oh, guru. I'm sorry, but I'm I understand. I did that, too. Well, I toured the Earth, not the universe. Anyway, could you stick around and help us with this episode, though? We need another character. I suppose so. Okay, great. The, uh, company that usually does all the voices for everyone on this podcast, except for the staff, well, they all took a Christmas vacation. All at once. So, we're stuck without voices. Except for you guys. So, today, we'll be telling the fairy tale... A Strange Christmas Carol. Let's see. Here's your scripts. Ex-General, you'll be Scrooge. Fred, you're all of the ghosts. Toucan Sam, you play Tiny Toucan. Scriptwriter, you're Jacob Cratchit. And Gurhi, you play Bob Marley. Wait, shouldn't that be Bob Cratchit and Jacob Marley? Uh, nope. You sure? Hey, it's my podcast, isn't it? Well, I guess so. But just as a disclaimer, the scriptwriter does not know much about Bob Marley. So, anyway, a strange Christmas carol. Once upon a time, in a distant, faraway place, there lived a man named Scrooge. That's me. He was a very important and high-up publisher for music, and had about half the world working under him. I'm not kidding. But Scrooge was always extremely stingy, and hated 
anyone who was kind or said nice things. Most of all, he hated Christmas. But I don't hate Christmas. Well, I know you don't, Ex-General, but your character does. As an actor, you have to pretend to be your character. But I'm not an actor. I'm a Foley artist. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a, a cook. cook. Why, Why are we doing, doing this anyway? I already told you it's because there's no one else who can. Because they're all on holiday. Probably in Jamaica. <laughs> what are you doing? Me too. And how about you, scriptwriter? Anything for the podcast? Of course, I should have guessed. So we have two people who would rather be cooking and... <clears throat> what do you call it when you're a Foley artist? Foleying? Okay, well, two people who would rather be cooking or foleying than acting. And four people who are just fine with acting. Guess who wins, guys? Why, the ex-general and I do. After all, I'm not from this planet, therefore I count as a billion votes. So it's a billion and one to four. Guess again. Fred and Gerhi aren't from this planet, so by your rules, they each count as a billion. I am the supreme high ruler of strange fairy tales, so I count for a good Googleplex of votes. And the scriptwriter is the controller of the universe, for crying out loud. So all in all, it's one billion and one to one infinity, one Googleplex, and two billion. Uh, no. One billion and two to one infinity, one Googleplex, and two billion. I count as two, because otherwise I'm left out. Anyway, Toucan Sam, I know when I'm beat. Why don't we just go along with it? Oh, alright. But we'd better not ever do this again. Okay. Where were we? Aha, yes. Scrooge hated Christmas most of all. Everyone was jolly all the time, and he just couldn't stand it. And all this nonsense about Santa. How could one man and nine reindeer make it all the way around the world in one night? So whenever Christmas came around, Scrooge would be grumpier than ever, and he never let anyone take a break off of work for Christmas Day. Ever. One particular Christmas season, on Christmas Eve, Scrooge's right-hand man, Jacob Cratchit, came to Scrooge to ask him something. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Scrooge, sir. Could I have a minute? Sure. No, that's not what you're supposed to say. But I'm pretending to be my character. And if I were my character, I would let Jacob talk to me. No, 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 no. Pretend that your character is you. See if that works. Or if all else fails, you could try reading the script. Oh, okay. <clears throat> no, Jacob, you may not have a minute. But, sir, I was wondering if you might give me Christmas Day off. Christmas? Bah, humbug! No way, Jose. We need to work. Record new talented artists, and make compilation discs, and all the stuff that we do here. But, sir, my son Tiny Toucan is very sick. He's growing feebler as we speak, and I'm afraid that this may be the last Christmas I can spend with him. Tough luck, bucko. But... No buts about it. Jacob Cratchit walked sadly home. As it was the end of the workday, he wasn't ditching. Anyway, he hoped that something would happen to make Scrooge change his mind. And it did. That night, as Scrooge was walking by himself back to his apartment complex, where he lived alone, he dropped his keys on the ground. When he looked up, he saw a face where the buzzer usually was. <laughs> what in the world? I thought I just saw... 
But it can't be. Oh, well. The face had disappeared almost as soon as Scrooge saw it, so he brushed it off as an illusion and walked inside. As he wandered through the halls of the apartment building, towards his apartment, he noticed that it was much colder, draftier, spookier than usual. The smallest shadows made him jump, and the biggest shadows darn near gave him a heart attack. But he made it up to his room, safe and sound. He sat down in his chair by the electric fireplace, and began to listen to some music that he had helped get published. It gave him a sense of pride, and he relaxed and forgot completely about what had just happened at the office and at his doorbell. But then his CD player exploded in a puff of cold flame, and the music stopped. That goes without saying, but it's always good to specify. Scrooge heard a knocking at the door. I know that voice. You should. You work with me. Open up. Scrooge made no attempt whatsoever to open the door. After a moment of intense silence, the door swung open of its own accord. A ghostly specter, spelled S-P-E-C-T-R-E, not S-P-E-C-T-E-R, because S-P-E-C-T-R-E is so much cooler, waltzed in the room, quite literally. No, it can't be. Oh, but it is, man. I am Bob Marley. You used to help me publish my song. Oh, I, I know that. But you died. Let's see, it must have been one, two... Uh, well, a while ago, anyway. Yes, man, but I have come to give you a friendly reminder. You've got to be more nice to people, and forgiving, and all that wonderful stuff. Like your right-hand man, Jacob, didn't have break, man. His kids dying for crying out loud. And you just sit around and don't do anything about it. Well, what could I do about it? Well, for starters, you could let Jacob spend Christmas with his family. And if you're feeling particularly even, there's a surgery that could save Tiny Toucan's life. Well, why doesn't Jacob Cratchit do anything about it? Because of you, man. It's a very expensive surgery, and Jacob's salary isn't enough to pay for it. Well, that's how business works. <clears throat> now, if you'll excuse me, I'll be off to bed. I'm rather tired. You won't be getting much sleep tonight. You will be visited by three ghosts tonight, and they will try and teach you to be nicer. The first will come at 10.30 o'clock. Goodbye. Wait, Bob, what is 10.30 o'clock? But Bob Marley vanished without a trace. So Scrooge climbed into his bed and waited. He saw that the clock on his bedstand, which was an analog clock, was set very strangely. The hour and the minute hand did not match up. At the time, the minute hand was at the twelve, but the hour hand was halfway in between the nine and the ten. Yes, I have discovered the answer I seek. Ten-thirty o'clock will be in another hour. He tried to fall asleep, but to no avail. He was too worried about what the ghost would look like. You know, ghosts are usually scary or creepy, etc., etc. Anyway, the clock finally read 10.30 o'clock. The room became icily cold, and through the ceiling floated a cute little white bunny. I am the ghost of Christmas past. You're a ghost? Yes, I am. But you're just a cute little white bunny. You're not scary or creepy at all. A ghost doesn't have to be scary or creepy. 
The only qualification you need to be a ghost is... Well, you need to be dead. Anyway, I am here to teach you how to be nicer to people. But you're just a bunny. How are you going to teach me that? Even out in the wilderness you can be nice to people. Or animals, as the case may be. Here, come with me. So Scrooge grabbed the bunny's hand, excuse me, paw, and the two flew out the window, which sprang open as they reached it. They soared over the countryside, and although Scrooge didn't know it then, they soared through time as well. After a long while, they came to a halt, hovering over a huge group of animals. Here we are in the Arctic, observing one of the largest animal civilizations of all time. Whoa, I should get some reporters up here. I'm sorry, but you can't do that. You see, this is several thousand years before your birth, and the human race doesn't even exist yet. Oh. Scrooge looked down upon the masses of animals before him. There were carnivores of every kind, and herbivores, too. They all seemed to be decorating an enormous Christmas tree. Strangely, none of the animals were attacking each other, and they all were working together in peace. What? The carnivores aren't eating the other animals. Exactly. They're all being nice to each other. But then how will they survive? Oh, there's a meat store in town, and whenever an animal dies, that's where their body is taken. It allows the meat eaters to eat meat without murdering people. I don't get it. Don't get what? I don't get what I'm supposed to learn from this. I'm not murdering people so I can eat meat. You just missed the point, didn't you? Uh, yeah. They're being nice, that's what it boils down to. They are polite. Oh, yeah, I guess I see that. Good. Now it's time to go back. You can expect the next ghost at 11.45.30. Scrooge fell asleep, just as the ghost of Christmas past disappeared. He woke up in his bed and looked at his clock. The minute hand showed thirty minutes past the hour, but the hour hand was three-fourths of the way between ten and eleven. Oh, it must be eleven forty-five thirty. Another ghost so soon? He heard a jingle of bells from outside his window. He looked out and couldn't believe his eyes. There over the busy street below flew a fat man in a sleigh, pulled by nine reindeer. Scrooge's window flew open as Santa and Entourage flew in. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! I am the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas presents. But the ghost of Christmas past said you had to be dead to be a ghost. Well, yes, you do. I am dead. Well, kind of. You see, I am the reincarnation of Elvis. What? You know, Elvis the Pelvis, the king of rock and roll. Well, yeah, I know who Elvis is, but I didn't think he was dead. Oh, I was, but then I got reincarnated. Anyway, I believe that in the present, as in right now, you've been wondering how in the world one man and nine reindeer can make it around the world in one night. And how is this going to make me nicer? It's not, but it will make you more accepting of Christmas, hopefully. Oh, okay. Go ahead. How can you make it around the world in one night? Well, the fact of the matter is that I actually don't. There are a few faithful followers who know of my reincarnation, and they help me out by delivering a few packages. But still, I do make it quite a ways around the world. I have a time machine, and plus, the world is spinning all the time, so not every place is in night at every time.
So I start at Australia, and work my way west until I get to Hawaii. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that makes sense, really. Good. Well, I'll be off. You can expect the third and final ghost in... Oh, about now, actually. As Santa flew out the window, a person appeared in the corner of the room. His face was hidden by a hood. Who are you? I am Chris K. Manchefs. What? He's dead? No, but he will be someday, and he is the ghost of Christmases yet to come. Oh, okay. Yes, I am the ghost of Christmases yet to come. Why the hood? Well, it's cold outside, isn't it? So I put on a sweatshirt. I can take off the hood if you want. Yes, please. There. Well, I'm going to let you listen to what will happen if you do not save Tiny Toucan. And he pulled out an iPod with iPod speakers and began playing the 13th episode of Strange Fairy Tales. Scrooge listened to the podcast with great interest. It documented everything that had happened to him that night perfectly. And then he paid particularly close attention when the narrator started talking about what would happen if he did not pay for the surgery for Tiny Toucan. You see, the scriptwriter wrote two scripts for the 13th episode. Well, actually, he wrote one and dictated another one to the narrator. This was the one that the staff and Gurhi would read off of. So the script that the scriptwriter wrote had the ex-general's little rants, which were not included in the script that the narrator wrote. But written in the scriptwriter's script, there was a thing that said Scrooge would pay for Tiny Toucan's surgery. If he didn't, then there would be a paradox and the entire universe would be destroyed. Chris K. Manchefs shut off the podcast right as it reached this point here. So, either you can save Tiny Toucan, or destroy the universe. It's your choice, I'll leave you to your thoughts. Goodbye. And Chris vanished. Scrooge instantly decided that he didn't want to destroy the universe, so with that happy thought, he fell asleep. In the morning, he woke up and after getting dressed, immediately headed to his office. He walked inside and saw Jacob Cratchit sitting at his desk. Good day to you, Scrooge. Good day? Aren't you going to wish me a Merry Christmas? Well, sure. A Merry Christmas? And a Merry Christmas to you, too. Here. Scrooge handed Jacob a bunch of money. Jacob stared unbelievingly at the enormous amount of money in his hand. What's this for? For Tiny Toucan Surgery. Merry Christmas! He picked up the intercom. Merry Christmas, everyone. I have a special announcement to make. I am painfully aware that I have been extremely stingy with the money that I have made from this company. But from this day forth, I shall rectify my mistake. All your salaries are hereby doubled. And take the next week off at full pay. Merry Christmas, everyone. The hallways were instantly filled with billions of partying people. They all wondered what had caused this change in him. And they would never know. Unless they listened to the 13th episode of Strange Fairy Tales, of course. The day passed, and Scrooge was pleased by all the thank yous he got from his staff. The best part of the day was when Jacob Cratchit came in with his son, Tiny Toucan. Look, Tiny Toucan, this is the man who paid for your surgery. Really? Thank you so much. He came up and gave Scrooge a big hug. This, Scrooge decided, was the best Christmas ever. The end. Well, that wasn't so bad, now was it, ex-general? Scrooge turned out all right in the end. Yeah, yay for him. Well, I think I should have gotten a bigger part. If I'm going to put in the time to be an actor, why can't I be the star?
Hey, every part is important. Which reminds me, it's time to catch up on our morals. In the eleventh episode, we learned that pies have wonderful bribing power, particularly with Fred. In the twelfth episode, we learned that strange things aren't always coincidence. And in this episode, we learned that every part is important. And my personal favorite, be good. Also known as be nice. You know, I think this is the first time an episode has had more than one moral. Uh, no, actually, every episode has multiple morals, if you look hard enough. Do you want me to run through more morals for everyone? Uh, no, we need to wind things down here. This is even longer than the seventh episode. So anyway, where are you going after this, Gerhi? Oh, really? Well, when you're there, could you say hello to the chieftain of the giant Hoodlian mages for me? Thank you. So, everyone, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And you may now clap. Gurhi, that was meant for the listeners. Right. Does anyone know what tan claps does? Well, we'll find out soon enough from the Extreme Deluxe Absolutely Most Advanced Clap Sensor thingy in the universe. Now, releasing pollen spores. Oh, good. For a bit there, I was worried that we were going to Pluto. But I guess this isn't that bad. Huh? Achoo! Achoo! God bless us, everyone.